You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Welcome back to yet another Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. My name's Colm. You know, we're, we're doing our recap series throughout the next few weeks here, going through as many teams as we can in the NFL. Today's turn is going to be the Washington Redskins, and we're going to be joined by fellow Overtime Ireland uh, writer and great part of the crew here. It's uh, Eli Books here. We're going to talk a lot about his Washington Redskins and obviously how they can improve and obviously what he thought of last season as well. So going to do all that in just a little moment. Um, as always, starting the show, we like to give a plug to our partners, lastwordonsport.com. They always help spread the word of Overtime Ireland, whether it be through tweets on social media spreading the word posting it up on their last word in sport radio network and so on and so forth but always uh, we like to show them appreciation for what they do for us by giving them a little plug and uh, helping spread the word off them as well so check out their website lastwordonsport.com check out their twitter handle at lastwordonsport they've you covered for all the other sports uh, throughout the world really that are is going on at the moment obviously have you covered for soccer, Major League Baseball, basketball, so on and so forth, ice hockey? Do check that out as well as their NFL coverage, which is really, really good stuff as well. So that is at Last Word on Sport. Always as well, OvertimeIreland.com is our website, at OvertimeIreland is also how to find us on Twitter. And uh, really with all the plugs out of the way, let's get straight into the uh, talk I did with Eli Booksaber about uh, the Washington Redskins and uh, what they need to do, and I'll be back after this to, to wrap up the show and uh, talk through some other stuff. So until then, uh, here's Eli. Hey, this is Scott Fujita, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. So we're back for the next of our recaps here in the, the Overtime Ireland series. We've been going through the teams and kind of trying to officially end last season start to look ahead towards next season and the next guest we have on we're going to talk about the Washington Redskins and I'm very excited to have him on because he's one of the key members here at Overtime Ireland you don't hear him on the podcast very often but Eli Booksaber is a major part of what we do here particularly on the website he does Bookie's playbook breaking down and analyzing plays each and every week on the site as well as the power rankings that come out every week so it's a pleasure to have you on Eli and uh, hopefully for the Redskins fans listening uh, it'll not be too disappointing to look back at last season yeah thanks for having me on um, yeah, the season was not great, but uh, we made some changes in the front office, so hopefully things will get better. Yeah, so to start off, obviously last season, it was a tough season, but it was a season of change with the new head coach coming in, and obviously there was injuries to RG3, a quarterback, which has been the key the last two seasons really, <laughs> but uh, just going back, ranking the season, if you had to rank it between a number of 1 and 10, could you give it a ranking? Um, it would probably be on the low end of the spectrum, maybe around <laughs> 2 or three at most <laughs> this is uh, we just uh, finished up talking there just about the new york jets and uh, that's going to be this interview is always coming out after that one but uh, the new york jets uh, and they got a one for the season so we've started off with a one now our next ranking is a two so maybe we're moving on the way up but a two for the season obviously it's gonna be tough to pick out an mvp maybe if the season was as disappointing as that but for the redskins uh, washington redskins who would have been your mvp last season who would you give that to yeah, there weren't so many players on the team that played so well, um, but um, one highlight of the season uh, would be that Bashad Breland, or the fourth round pick from last year's draft, uh, he had a he did a great job stepping in for uh, D'Angelo Hall. I mean, now we know that the, now the Redskins know they have a starter at cornerback there. That's one less thing to worry about moving forward. 
it's nice when you can get a, a rookie to come in and you know step up to the plate and look like he's going to be a you know somebody who can contribute you know for five ten years down the line. So I think you found that in Breedland. Deshaun Jackson was another player. I thought maybe if you're going to offensive side, you're talking about him. I think. Although those games where he didn't do a lot sometimes, but that was more down to the quarterback play. And the games that the quarterbacks played well, he had quite a good season after coming in in free agency, did you think? Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I mean, Deshaun Jackson's a guy that you know you're going to get good play from him if you have a good quarterback. So it, we just need to fix the quarterback situation. And then <laughs> once that happens, whenever that happens, yeah. um, you know Deshaun Jackson's someone you could rely on as a deep threat. It's easier said than done fixing the quarterback position, but uh, possibility RG3 showed it in his rookie year. We're going to talk about him in a few moments, and maybe he could turn it around this offseason and get it going for next year. But, you know, Deshaun Jackson had a lot of explosive plays, a lot of big plays, and, you know, I'm going to get you to pick a favourite moment of the season. You said you are right at the season at a two. I know you were right at a game in, in Washington as well this season. If you had to pick a moment of the season, a, a two-rated season, what would your uh, favourite moment to look back on be if you had to watch something on repeat for the next hour and a half? Well, it would definitely be that uh, that first Dallas game when um, yeah, like, that, was, well, that was definitely the best game of the season by the Redskins. Yeah, that was t- uh, Brashad Breland's breakout game. Yeah, he, he was covering Des Bryant. Shut down Des Bryant. Yeah, that was a uh, it was a really incredible game on his side. Yeah, he had a big big game there, and obviously Colt McCoy was the starting quarterback from other reminding that it was an overtime one, wasn't it? In Dallas. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know, when you get Colt McCoy to come in and do something like that, like, at least keep the game. Uh, close enough that the rest of the team can handle it you know, that, that's, what makes the, that's what makes the the nfl such a it's so hard to, to call on a week-to-week basis because really any given sunday anything can happen you know the cowboys a lot of people thought we we're gonna have the worst defense in nfl history coming into the season after sean lee went down turns out they had quite a solid defense throughout the season made it to the playoffs you know give the packers a scare in that game so a lot of things can happen during the season and like you said there, the Redskins, nobody giving a chance on Monday Night Football and going in, in overtime to, to get the victory there. That was one that, you know, nobody, I, I certainly didn't see it coming. And probably even as a Washington Redskins fan, you didn't see that one coming, did you? Exactly. Yeah, so I suppose that has to go down as the, the favourite moment of the season for, for the Redskins. And the, it was a big, big moment, but, you know, in, in a season that they showed potential and things like that, but then throughout the rest of the season it didn't go on. But you mentioned again, Breedland as your MVP, and that there was his big breakout game as well. Going on now, head coach, obviously Jay Gruden, it was his first year in charge, there was a lot of things going on maybe between the you know, GM owner and him and some kind of controversies going on behind the scenes, but how did you think he handled his uh, first year as the head coach of the Washington Redskins? Um, I know that after the season he mentioned to the beat writers for the Redskins about like, how, it was, how it was much tougher than he thought it would be and how he had a sigh of relief when this offseason finally started, so I definitely think it was it was very tough on him and how he now he knows what he's dealing with and hopefully he could make some improvements for next season it could also be a situation where he came and he thought he knew everything that had to be done there might have been a learning experience for him he might have learned better how to prepare for games how to delegate the jobs to other coordinators and so on so maybe you know it could be a big stepping stone the next season's going to be really key in how he moves forward as a head coach sometimes getting from a coordinator's job into a head coach is it's a big step up and it works for some people doesn't work for others and you know you're saying there obviously he was honest in that press conference or when he was talking to the beat writers that it, it was it was a tough experience for him but I think you know being an NFL head coach it's gonna be a tough experience for anyone I'm sure if you asked Bill right. Belichick what last season was like all the pressure was on him after you know the game before he was on to Cincinnati all the pressure was on him and you know they turned it around and won a Super Bowl so it is a constant learning experience but you know when you're going in there as a rookie head coach no more than going in as a rookie player there's a lot to learn and you know you develop as you go on so Jay Gruden 
are you happy with him as the head coach going forward? Um, there's no reason not to be happy with him right now. I, as you said, like with the rookie head coach, there's a learning curve for that, and it's going to take a little bit of time. And the fans have to realize that you can't. Like they were calling for to, a bunch of them were calling to fire him, and like you gotta you can't keep switching head coaches every year. So you gotta well, you gotta see what happens with him for now. At yeah, least it's the same as a quarterback. Even there, they usually you have to. If you don't give, if there's no stability there, the players don't know what's happening, the fans don't know what's happening, everything just gets into a mess. And, you know, obviously uh, Shanahan was there for a number of years and, you know, it was going well for him, but then he got kicked to the curb. And then obviously now Jay Gruden deserves an opportunity over the, the next few seasons. But I do think this is going to be a big, big one because with RG3, how things have gone for him. And, you know, I, I think. Daniel Snyder sometimes maybe gets his hands a little too involved in what's going on, but we're going to talk about him later too. But on to RG3 now, and obviously came in, had an amazing rookie rookie season, possibly the best season ever for a rookie quarterback. You, you know, you had to be ecstatic after they made the playoffs in that first year and looking forward, then he gets the injury, and then obviously he gets a worse injury when they played the, the Seattle Seahawks. From that point to this point, what do you think has gone wrong outside of injury? Do you think there's a lot of other elements to that? Well, first and foremost, the original injury really did a big number on him, and you could see now that he's not as explosive when he runs the ball. Yeah. Um, so that definitely hinders his game, and it's much harder to do the things that he did in his rookie season. Um, also, last year, last season, the, there were a lot of big problems with him not seeing open receivers and um, not trusting his offensive line, which like, wasn't too great anyway. But you know, he got a he has to sit in the pocket at least a little bit and look downfield, and that wasn't happening. I know, I know. When you break down game tape as well, I've seen others breaking it down, and I can remember one particular one with RG Train. They were showing how wide open some of the receivers were downfield. Do you think that that was him thinking that there was pressure coming because the offensive line wasn't doing a great job, or do you think it was just down to him and you know coming back from the injury and maybe not being as prepared as he should have been? And well, when you look at him uh, after he receives the snap in the pocket. You see, he's he's not feeling the pressure. He's just maybe like in his mind, just things aren't moving as fast as they need to, and he's not processing things normally. Um, so he's just maybe freezing in the pocket, or he's just not looking for what he's supposed to look for. That just messes with the the flow of the play, and then yeah, the a lot of the sacks they got were on him because he just was sitting in there until he got sacked. <laughs> so when he came in the rookie year, obviously there was a lot of kind of you know play action rollouts there kind of a bit of read option in there with him and alfred morris and that was coming in from the shanahan's in their playbook do you think though could they fix that if you know they take some of those plays back in jay gruden you know changed up the playbook a wee bit and they have a little bit more of that to give him you know and and, and his first year he was throwing the ball didn't seem to be an issue with a lot of sacks coming in on him yeah it's definitely uh the the playbook in his first year helped him a lot um but also it wasn't it didn't ask him to do way too much because um the way the plays are set is that receivers were going to be open. He just yeah. had to find the right one and throw it to him. And so you see, he had very few interceptions. I think it was like four or five interceptions in his rookie season. And the, obviously, you mentioned there the, the injury done a number on him. And obviously, I think he came back too quick. And then there was a lot of pressure on him coming in again. And the first thing, the first time I seen him with any kind of explosive running was when they were playing against the uh, Jets. At the, was no, it was the Giants at the end of the season. Was it the Giants where they had the big ruckus at halftime? Yeah, half time? yeah. yeah I remember. He that went one. in to go over the end zone, and then it was given as a touchdown, but it was reviewed, and it wasn't given that he didn't control full possession. But I thought that that was the first time that I seen him put his foot down, and it looked like he had a, had that there world class speed about him again. 
did you think that was a positive? You know that he that was the first time I did. You think that was uh, him getting back to a bit of pace in his in his run? Well, I don't remember exactly how explosive he looked when he was running, but that's a good sign at least if he's running when there's nothing there and getting good yards out of it and not getting blown up by some defender. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that the the reason I said is because a lot of the time when he was running, it looked like he was kind of going on the jog was the first time i seen him kind of run with you probably don't want your quarterback running with without any fear but that there's what he kind of done in that play but you look back to his first season i think it was against the the what are the minnesota vikings was it that he had that yeah. their huge i think 70 yard touchdown yeah, run running around it like that's absolutely incredible that speed obviously with the injury he doesn't seem to have got back to that but even three quarters of that's faster than most uh, most nfl quarterbacks so he still has that option there do you think we can see him? Do you think you'll ever see him get back to the way he was in his rookie year? Do you think that's as good as we're ever going to see RG3? It's tough to say that he'll get at least as good as he was in his rookie season, um, mainly because of the the running ability and the the way the offense was run back then. There was a lot of fear, obviously, from other defenses because they thought that he was, you know, it's a bit like Kaepernick when Kaepernick's running the ball, the defense is like an extra step back, and you see that with Russell Wilson. You know, you have to you have to have a man to, to cover for him, spy the quarterback. So when that isn't there, obviously there's less fear. But I would love to see RG three getting back to this level. I I don't own a lot of teams outside of the Packers NFL jerseys, but one of the ones I do own, I do have an RG three Washington Redskins jersey from that rookie season, and I, I thought he was absolutely phenomenal to watch. It was a letter fine at times to watch him, so I'd love to see him get back to that level. But, you know, hopefully this offseason, maybe we'll see him get into next season. He'll have a bit more time to recover. And obviously we'll know. I think next season, if he doesn't have it, he's not going to have that speed back because there's enough time since the injury of this whole offseason to get back. And we'll see We'll see what happens him next season. But you have a new GM in as well, Scott McLaughlin. And, you know, there's a lot of, there was a lot of publicity around it when he came in. It seems to be a very positive move for the, the organisation. Can you shed a little light uh, into his background and what do you think you know he can help the team with going forward? Well, the, the big thing with him is that, especially when he was with the 49ers, um, that his, he got a lot of great players in the draft. Um, Frank Gore was one of his draft picks. Um, Michael Crabtree was also one, just to name a couple. Yeah. So at least we know when we're going to the draft, he, we're probably going to find some guys that could end up being legitimate starters for the team. He's a good eye for talent and... Obviously, obviously, he's a first round pick this year. You know, he didn't have have one last year, so that's something to look forward to. And hopefully, he'll put that first round pick to good use. Obviously, like you know, it seemed to be when he came in, you know, get his eye for talent was the the key reason that they wanted him in there. Obviously, the team has a number of key needs, and uh, going into this draft class, there's a good chance to to get the team really moving forward again. And looking at the team, where would you say your your key need is in this draft or in free agency? <laughs> Um, there are too many to name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the elements. Are too many. Um, on the offensive line, I just see only two starters on the team right now: Trent Williams and, Co- and center Corey Lichtensteiger. Um, so you need to find three other stars, uh, starters at the two guard positions and right tackle. Um, I think the other, the skill positions on offense, I think are fine for now. They got Alfred Morris out of the backfield, and every season he's been very good for the team. And um, like Deshaun Jackson, like we said before, we have him and Pierre Garcon. The, if they get him more involved in the offense like he was two years ago, then um, like the passing game will be very good once he 
once the Redskins get a quarterback. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Garçon. I think it was two seasons ago, or was it three seasons ago, that he had them games with the, the five receptions and a, a number of games in a row. Him and Antonio Brown were going on crazy runs of constantly <laughs> getting receptions or like PPR dreams in fantasy football. But Antonio Brown is kind of flew on to another level this season and you know Garcon is kind of nearly taking a back seat to Deshaun Jackson what what would be the key to him you know getting back to the number one receiver in that team um quarterback well, the, yeah, the Redskins they need to like design plays that will use him a lot more like this past season he wasn't you know, he just wasn't running like a lot of times he was running deep routes with Deshaun Jackson to try to challenge the defense vertically and other times it was you're just running short routes, short quick hits, and then like, he has—he's good at getting yards after the catch. Yeah, so it's yeah. smart, but uh, they weren't using him in the middle of the field like two years ago, and that's where he got—that's where he was so—that's he was such a big threat in the middle of the field for defenses two years ago, and they, they just didn't use him like that last year. Yeah, because I thought he was phenomenal that season, and uh, I was surprised at how much he went down. But it was then the quarterback was changing every week. You, you know, you were going from Kirk Cousins, and you mentioned Colt McCoy, RG Three, so they're all changing up all the time. So I suppose then it's hard to establish your identity yeah. on offense. And the only kind of constant there was uh, Alfred Morris, and then obviously I don't know Roy, if Roy Hallou, is Roy Hallou back this year. Or? Uh, he's a free agent, but I'd really like the Redskins to re-sign him because, uh, because uh, he's out of the backfield. He's good in the passing game. He's like, extremely really he's extremely game. underrated, in my opinion. Particularly, you mentioned there in the passing game, he's kind of he's a bit like Shane Vereen, you know, for the Patriots, catches a lot of balls. If you could combine him and Alfred Morris into one player, you'd have an absolutely <laughs> phenomenal running back. You know, maybe Matt Forte yeah. kind of player. But Morris obviously started to catch a few balls last year, but that isn't his thing really. But running the ball, he's absolutely phenomenal. If you look at his numbers since he came into the league he's up there with any running back in the league so very very impressive you obviously have that piece and I think it all centers around how RG3 does this offseason obviously when asking now do you think is there any way that he isn't the starting quarterback come uh, September well he's the Redskins already paid his contract like yeah. his contract next year is guaranteed so there's he's definitely going to be on the team and I don't see them finding any other quarterback to replace him as a starter immediately as we mentioned there's so many things to address really on the offensive line in particular if you're trying to key up all those get in those pieces like it's going to be hard then to get in a quarterback to challenge RG3 so I think he'll start the season and then maybe obviously the backup will have a chance to 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 get in there as well but I I think he'll start and they'll they'll give him this season I think that's kind of make or break this year with him the head coach I mentioned or the not the head coach the owner Daniel Snyder I mentioned him earlier and uh, Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of things going on with the, the Redskins name and so on and so forth but how do you, would you describe him as an owner, as a as a fan of the Washington Redskins? Well, uh, one thing that's good about him as an owner is that he's willing to pay whatever it takes to get good players and make the roster better and do the dirty work as in finding the right coach and even firing someone with like Shannon, Mike Shannon, who had like three years left on his contract. Yeah. So he doesn't really care about the money, which is, could be a good thing. Um, you just need to use it wisely. <laughs> He, uh, obviously I mentioned there the Washington Redskins name there's been a lot of discussion both ways I'm kind of stuck in the middle as I, I don't know which way to lean on it do you think that there's a possibility that the team would eventually change its name or do you think that it's something just as you know it's been the team's name for so long that it's stuck in the heritage of the team or well I'm like the last guy who would go into the politics about this <laughs> <laughs> but I really don't know what's going to go on they'll deal with it and I'll see what happens <laughs> well, we'll, we'll sp- do it, line it up another way would you care if they were called 
the Washington Capitals or something like that instead of the the Redskins? Uh, I, at, at first, it would be tough because we're used to the whole Redskins thing. Um, you know, eventually, probably people would get used to it. Like they'd have to. If, that's what they changed the name to. Yeah, obviously, I think it would be something just that would seem strange at the time. But then, like everything, when there's a, a franchise move, city or whatever it is, that city just gets used to. It. If one of the teams, if the Rams do go to LA, it's the LA Rams. You know, it, it, it seems very strange at the start, but then it just seems natural after a while. So, well, obviously, if it's the LA Rams, that's easier to do because they've already been in LA previously. But yeah. we'll see what happens there. There's, there seems to be. Some people seem to be very strictly against the name. Some people are very, you know, think that it should stay. But I'm kind of in the middle, and it seems like you don't mind either way either. But uh, outside of that, is there any other key points that you think that the the Washington Redskins need to address this off season going into next year to try and make the team bounce back to getting into the playoffs like they were a few years ago? And the big thing for me is uh, finding two starting safeties in the long term. See, for the past like couple of years, both of their safeties have just been on one year deals. I haven't really thought about that going forward. Um, so hopefully in free agency they could find people, but I don't see too many guys that will be available. Um, and maybe from like the Dolphins, Luis Delmas would, is going probably going to be a fr- uh, not re-signed. So he's a guy they could possibly target, and uh, it'll be hard for them to find like two guys. Uh, to start at safe diesel. Maybe in the draft they could find people, but that's a big key point where they need to really fix. I think if they could find one this year, maybe you'd be happy and then moving <laughs> forward. In. But obviously the team, you know, I mentioned the first round pick again this year. They had, they had a few issues. Obviously they mortgaged up picks to the Rams to get RG3, and they had the situation with, you know, the, the salary cap fine that they got a couple of years ago. So maybe this is the time now where the team starts to move forward. They kind of passed all those negative bits about not having certain draft picks and having restrictions on them and so on so you know maybe now they have an opportunity to go into the free agent market and to to draft players long term and look more to the future but i guess when you have a quarterback like rg3 where there's still questions around him it's you can only look a certain a certain distance into it as well with the head coach his job (laughs) he needs to get results as well so it's there's a lot a lot of question marks with the uh with the Redskins, but we'll see where they go. As I mentioned, I hope RG3 can find his feet and find his form again because he's a player I loved watching in the league. But tough year for the Redskins. I'm sure you'll be you'll be hoping for a, a good draft, a good free agent class this year, and hopefully you'll be finishing with a better record than you did this year. But uh, just before we finish up, Eli, obviously I mentioned he writes on the website, big part of Overtime Ireland. Do give him a follow on Twitter. It's at ebooksaber, and it's B-O-O. K-S-T-A-B-E-R it's not a very traditional name here for anyone in Ireland maybe listening or I don't know the only person I know with the, the surname but uh, Eli uh, is doing a terrific job on the website check out his Twitter handle as well as ours and you can obviously find any work that he's putting up on Overtime Ireland on OvertimeIreland.com or at Overtime Ireland on Twitter and he tweets it out in his Twitter as well so it's been a lot of fun talking Redskins with you Eli and hopefully this is the first time we've had you on the show. Hopefully we'll get you uh, on a couple of times throughout the offseason yeah. <laughs> next year. And hopefully the next time we talk will be more positive about the Redskins. Uh, yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And you are listening to the Overtime Island Podcast. So that was a Washington Redskins recap with Eli Booksaber. Great having Eli on the show. He's been with us really since the very start writing on the website and it's been great now to get him on the show because it's been something I've wanted to do for quite some time. Eli has also started up doing his kind of off-season forecast on the website. So while we're doing here an audio content, he's going to be doing it on OvertimeIreland.com in written format and do be sure and check that out in OvertimeIreland.com. 
So thanks again to Eli for coming on to the show. Not a lot of uh, news in the NFL since we last talked. It wasn't too long, and uh, we obviously done the Jets recap. Came out on Friday. That's coming out on Sunday. And uh, the New York Jets, since that, have released Chris Johnson, uh, running back, former Tennessee Titan. And, uh, you know, it was something that was kind of expected to happen. We didn't talk about it in our Jets recap on Friday. But, uh, you know, Chris Johnson had that phenomenal season there maybe four or five years ago now with the with the Titans. Had that 2,000-yard season. And, just, uh, you know, last year didn't work out. As I mentioned, it was a tough season for the New York Jets. And all around, uh, you know, it didn't didn't work out. It'll be interesting to see where he lands because I'm sure somebody's going to pick him up. But there is a lot of good wide res- or running backs sorry, in this free agent class. The likes of CJ Spiller, you know, as a possible free agent to Marco Murray. We could see Adrian Peterson in that there category, you know, among many others. And now, obviously, Chris Johnson added into the mix too. I don't think he's going to be one of the most sought-after ones, but... You know, he will be picked up by somebody, but it's likely to be for a backup role. And, you know, running backs don't get paid all that much anymore. And uh, although some of these guys will get paid this year, Chris Johnson's probably not going to be, you know, at the high end of the spectrum, probably going to be playing on a, you know, one to one and a half million dollar contract, I would say, this season. But we'll see what happens there with Chris Johnson. Outside of that, you know, we talked on Friday, so there's not a lot happened since that. So, really and truly, outside of that, I'm just going to let it recap like that there. And, uh, move on we'll have another couple of recaps coming out this here week moving along to next weekend and uh, more coming up before the nfl draft so thanks as always for joining and listening in and uh, hopefully you'll continue to spread the word hopefully you enjoy if you do enjoy please do give us a rating on itunes stitch or whatever you listen to so make sure you subscribe and uh, you know listen on multiple devices download multiple devices and just keep spreading the word because really appreciate what you do to help grow overtime ireland so until i'm back later in the week uh, Maybe DJ will join in for a little chat as well. Uh, my name's Colm, and until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production. 